Thanks, everyone, for listening. I've been Tom Lynch, and you've been awesome. And so, he had just wrapped up the latest Ninja Turtles podcast. The next mutation continued to be a strange meditation on the Ninja Turtles, but he was getting used to it. But that night, something inexplicable happened. Someone agreed to spend the rest of their life with him. He popped the question, and it was answered. He was overjoyed. So on the way out to celebrate, he took a few steps out the front door and noticed it was getting very dark, very fast. And the mood was... blood red? Hey, hun, he turned around. We should grab our... coats. He noticed something was wrong. The house, it was... just gone. So were his neighbors? And he turned around and realized everything around him had been replaced with red ash and dead trees. Even the roads and cars were gone. He was stranded. Everything around him destroyed in an instant. What the hell is going on? Where is everyone? What's happening? As he began to lose it, he heard a scream. Maybe it was a howl? Maybe it was both. Whatever it was, it wasn't human. And the blood ran from his face. He knew he had to move. The howl echoed so he had to guess about the right direction, but sitting still was not an option. So he took off. The trees were sparse enough that if whatever made that noise managed to come over a nearby ridge, it could spot him easily, especially since he decided to wear a bright pink shirt that day. Friggin' dumbass, he muttered. Who wears a pink shirt? As trees flew by, he came upon two paths that diverged in the wood. Oh, God, this again? More or less traveled? I can never remember. I mean, the more traveled would probably be safer, he pondered as he paced back and forth. Or is the more traveled the path that the beast uses more often? The howl came again, closer this time. Okay, more traveled it is. And so he started running again. He took a moment to look behind him and saw something in the distance. It was black and red, just like everything else in this world. And it was moving fast but not like an animal. It was amorphous. It was flowing. Well, that don't make no sense. He tried to push his legs harder. They were beginning to scream in exhaustion. It was either that or fall to that thing. As he risked another peek over his shoulder, his left foot hit a root in the path. Things seemed to fall in slow motion. He could feel his ankle twist as he flew through the air, his body bracing to prepare for the impact his head turning to see the monster closing in. The place where a face should have been began to grow teeth as the creature lunged for its rare, fresh meal. He clenched his own teeth, screwed his eyes closed, and he prepared for the end. But instead, he felt the beast land to his right, spinning, pawing, pulling at an arrow in its side. He looked up in the direction the arrow came from to see a woman standing in a tree, stringing another arrow. Through the air it flew into the beast, just as it had removed the first arrow. Get up, she screamed. He didn't know if it was meant for him or the beast, but he took the command anyway and sprinted towards the woman as fast as he could. Who are, what Shut up and run, she interrupted. Not one to question a warrior woman with a bow, he put his head down and kept moving. He heard her jump down from the tree and assumed she was coming in his direction, but when he looked back, she was sprinting at the beast. She knows what she's doing, she doesn't need my help. He muttered as he turned around to keep running. Then he heard a scream. A human scream. That much was unmistakable. Ah, shit. Go back, you asshole, he said to himself. 
He was starting to worry about how much he talked to himself, but now wasn't the time, then he shook it off. He made it back to the familiar path where he fell and saw her somehow struggling with the beast. It looked like she was trying to fight lava, constantly moving but still capable of being hurt. Every time she plunged her knife into it, he could somehow feel it being hurt. But the creature was also creating blades out of its mass and slicing at her. That's when he noticed the gash in her arm. That must have been the source of the scream. He looked around for a weapon, but could only find a red rock. How is everything so red? So blood red? Now's not the time, idiot, he thought to himself. Hey, I didn't say that out loud. That's a small vic- <coughs> She yelled, and that finally snapped him out of his daze. Oh, right, take this! As he threw the rock, which just plunged into and then out the other side of the creature. Really? I told you to run, you moron, she said. But I thought you needed some- What I need for you to do is not feed this thing. The creature had fashioned a blade behind her back, large enough to cut her in half. It wound back to strike. Look out! He yelled as she spun around and plunged her blade directly into the center mass of the creature. It screamed, which was still a terrifying sound, but this was one out of fear instead of menace. Then the entirety of the mass fell flat and quiet, like a puddle. Holy shit, you killed it! No, I didn't. She quickly replied as she got up and started running. Wait, what? He said after her. He turned his attention back to the puddle, and it had begun to bubble, starting to retake its shape. Oh, shit. And he took off after her. After what felt like miles, she slowed down enough for him to catch up. Oh, what? Who was that? How was that? We can't stop moving. Keep up, she said briskly, as she kept her, thankfully, slower pace. That was a wolf ear. Okay, maybe that was the wrong question to ask, he said as he once again realized he was in way over his head. It'll eat you before it kills you. We're almost there. Okay, cool. Where's there? Home. Moments later, they came upon a wall of logs arranged as a fence. Impossibly large logs. More like full trees than logs. And the closer they got, he realized each log had roots. Wait, were these trees? How long was this growing for? And how'd they all grow so closely? Halt! Who goes there? I guess some things are universal constants, he muttered. Shut up, Bivolin. Let us in. Jeez, you try and be nice and they just plow right over you, Bivolin said as he walked over to hit the switch to open the gates. Beyond the gates was something out of a fairy tale. There were buildings, great large buildings, but they all had roots, just like the gate itself. Some of these people have found a way to grow trees in the exact place and shape to create their homes. In fact, it didn't look like there was a single thing cut down and fashioned from a tree. There was even a garden of bows and arrows. That must be where the girl got hers. Oh, right. Hey, where'd that girl go? He spun around to see her walk into what he assumed was the town hall. Well, let's see where this goes, he said as he followed her in. How can I help you today? Said a quiet voice from behind the table that was grown from the floor. I uh, I was just following the girl because uh, of the bull fear. Uh, you see, she... Uh, ah, the man behind the desk replied. You were saved by our lead warrior. That's how a lot of us ended up here. Please, go through the door to your right. You'll get your assignment there. Assignment? Well, yes. Everyone that comes to town must take up a job. You have to make yourself useful, the man behind the desk replied. But I don't want to stand here. I need to get home, desk man. He didn't mean to say the desk man part out loud, but here we are. Desk man was not pleased. I don't think you understand the position you're in. She saved your life. And we're the only civilization for Mordax in any direction. You need an assignment. 
Now, why do you have crazy random words like Mordax, but you still just call a desk a desk? Desk man was losing his patience. Through the door. Now. The desk itself started to look angry. And was it growing thorns? Okay, he thought. Better not test this one. Oh, that door. I thought you meant another door. Thanks, DM. And through the door he went. He stepped into a large, high-ceiling room, almost like a church, but instead of stained-glass windows, it was more tree stuff. All tree stuff here. Weird. The girl that had saved him was on a knee in front of some kind of tree man? He looked like a man, but his beard was green with leaves. His skin was dark brown, and he was wearing a robe that looked like it was made out of birch? He must have been at least seven feet tall, but being seated, it wasn't certain. Ah... Come in, his voice boomed through the hall. You must be the one that managed to escape the wolf fear. Not many can say that. Well, she helped a lot, he gestured at the girl, who stayed on a knee, not looking up. Uh, should I be kneeling? Is that normal? Do as you wish, Tree Man replied. Okay, well, if it's all the same to you, I'd like to head out and get back home as soon as possible. If you could, you know, just point me in the direction of Rhode Island, I'll be on my way. Tree Man looked confused for a moment before saying, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that province. Okay, how about New York? I can find my way home from there. Tree Man's face scrunched together even more. Did you hit your head along the way? My map makers have gone as far out as possible, and there's no settlements that match those names. Oh, holy shit. Oh boy, okay. Uh, Alright, how about this one? What year is it? The Tree Man was starting to lose his patience as well. What is a year, and why do you ask such vexing questions? Tree Man gripped the arms of his chair tight, as if you were ready to lunge at any moment. Whoa, whoa, okay, listen, I just, I totes hit my head, and that's why I'm crazy. I'm just gonna go. You may not leave without an assignment. But I'm not, I'm not staying, man, I'm leaving town. Tree Man began to relax. That is not advised, as night is beginning to fall. I will let you stay the night, and then either you leave... Or take an assignment. I'll, I'll, I'll be gone, trust me. And he turned to leave the hull. Wait a moment, she called after him. He was already down the front steps and looking around for a place to sleep. Oh, hey, uh, thanks for helping me out with the bull sphere earlier, but I'm going to have to find my own way home, I guess. Uh, do you know where I can sleep? You're not from this dimension, are you? She asked. That stopped him dead in his tracks. I, uh, I don't know. I guess I hadn't really thought about it. He said as he scratched the back of his head. I can help you, she said. There's a cavern not four Mordrax away. It is a legend that it can send people back home. Is that like a metaphorical, I now love my house more because I went on this vision quest home? Or more like a crazy portal that'll send you to a different dimension home? She paused for a moment. Well, I cannot say for sure, but it's your best chance. And mine as well. Your chance for what, he asked. I'm not from here either. I didn't just show up here like you, but I've never felt at home. Okay, so why wait until now to try? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to stop you from helping, but it sounds a little weird. Because the cavern is guarded. By what, I don't know. But no one's gone to the cavern and returned. No one will go with me. And you're the first person that has nothing, nothing to lose. So I figured you'd be in. He sighed. I guess you've got me there. Okay. We'll try for the cavern in the morning. Now, is there like a bed around here? 
There's a nice pile of hay in the barn, she gestured behind her. Fine, whatever, he mumbled as he walked towards the barn. He opened the door, and a stench that can only be described as otherworldly smacked him in the face. Cool. He didn't see anything resembling hay, but he did find what looked like a big red beanbag chair. I guess hay means beanbags in whatever universe this is. He settled in, expecting to stare at the ceiling all night. But the exhaustion of almost dying tends to hit pretty hard. Ah! He jolted up out of his beanbag. Just a dream. He muttered as he got to his feet, wiping the sweat from his brow. The sun was up, and he could hear some bustling outside. Time to make the donuts. He stepped outside into the light and saw the warrior picking some fresh arrows from the ground. She turned around and noticed him walking towards her. Here, take this. You'll need it, as she handed him a bow and a grip of arrows. I'm not much of a marksman, he said as he took it. You'll have to become one real fast. Now let's go. Bivolin, I beseech thee, let us out. Ooh, she's playing along, Bivolin said quietly. He moved to open the gate by pulling a branch. Fare thee well on thou's journey, fair maiden. They waved to Bivolin, who was absolutely beaming with pride, as they crossed the threshold and the gate closed behind them. So, uh, how long of a walk do we have in front of us? He asked. We should be there about an hour before sundown. Damn, a Mordrak's pretty dang far. What are we going to do for lunch? She looked at him somehow even more confused than before. Food? He said. Ah, I brought some fruit. We'll eat them as needed. And she showed him the fruit in her satchel. They were all neon pink. As she closed the satchel, she asked, How was your night's sleep? Oh, it was fine, but I think we have different ideas of what hay is. Yours looks like a giant beanbag chair. Beanbag chair? No, hay is just... Wait, do you mean the big red bean? Yeah, the beanbag chair. <laughs> she almost doubled over in laughter, but kept her pace. What? That wasn't a chair. It was manure from the great Sergafan beast. No wonder you smell awful. He stopped in his tracks as she continued laughing. I hate this dimension, he muttered as he then quickly caught up to her. Hours passed as they walked along in mostly silence. We're about halfway there. Let's sit down and rest and eat for a moment, she said as she walked up to a tree and took a seat on a root. Awesome! He ran over to sit next to her and eagerly accepted his fruit. He bit into it only to realize it tasted like a hamburger. Like a good hamburger. What do you call these? They're delicious. Oh, right. I keep forgetting you don't know these things. They're called grazins. Grazins? They're great! He yelled with his finger pointing in the air. Uh, right. We'd better keep moving, she said as she got up, polishing on the last of her grazin. No one understands genius in its time, he said as he got up along with her. Hours later, they crested a hill that saw the cavern in front of them. There it is! Get down! As she dropped to the ground. Get down? Okay. He began to dance in a most unattractive way. What the hell are you doing? Get down! I am! As his pelvis began to gyrate in a fashion that can only be described as... Gross. Down! As she swept his legs out from under him. He turned almost entirely horizontal and landed with a thud. There, she said as she set up to look for the monster. Ugh, my hip's not going to be right after that. Shh! But, uh, I don't see anything. Neither do I. Now, shh! So what do we shut up? She didn't look like she was willing to repeat that command, so he fell silent. The sun is starting to go down. We don't have much time. We need to move. 
now. Cool, perfect timing. Let's go into the scary cave of doom and... Hey, wait up! He called after her. She did not wait for him to respond and began running towards the opening of the cavern, which was about 20 feet high and just as wide. She hugged the left wall and began inching her way in. He caught up not long thereafter, and they both walked into the darkness of the cavern. It was deadly silent as they walked downward. Just as it was getting too dark to see, they noticed some green glowing writing on the walls around them. It wasn't a language he could understand, but she appeared to have some ideas. Then suddenly they reached the end. What the hell? Where's the portal? I, I don't... Maybe if... Holy shit! Whatever that thing is, it must be back! We gotta get out of here! Why do you always say holy shit? Are you from a civilization of shit worshippers? Is now the time? Well, if we're gonna die, I want to know... How can I... How about I tell you about this when we get out of here? It was definitely closer now. We didn't go that far. It's going to find us. What do we do? It has to be something with this writing, she said as she began running her hand over the different segments. Oh, are we supposed to touch it? He asked as he started to frantically rub his hands over all the text he could see. Then one of the segments began to glow blue. Hey, 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 look, look, look. This one, it's, it's blue, it's blue. Get out of the way, she said as she pushed him aside. Of course. She started running along the wall, touching one word after another. They all turned blue. So is blue like a good thing? <laughs> it's here! I It's here! He yelped. I got it! She cheered. The wall began to open in what can only be described as a tear in space. Well, that looks real crazy. Jump! She grabbed him and they jumped through the portal just as the claw from the beast came down where their feet had been. It lunged for the portal, but just as quickly as it had opened, it was gone. The beast pawed at the wall a moment before sitting down, letting out a sigh, lamenting its lost meal. Up was down, inside was out, everything was wrong. Inside the portal, he could tell they were traveling, we couldn't tell if he was anywhere near the girl, or where he was anyway. His sight was split in eight directions, he couldn't feel his body, but his head hurt more than the worst pain he could have ever imagined. As it overwhelmed him, everything started to grow dark. Was that the portal, he thought? No, I think I'm... And he lost consciousness. His eyes blinked open, the sun shining from the window. The window? His window! He made it back! He was home! On his couch? On his couch! Of course! It was all a dream! I'll be down in a second. You ready to go? He heard call down from his newly minted fiance. <laughs> Gonna take some time to get used to that, he thought. They walked down the steps and gave him a weird look. What's wrong? he asked. Did you go outside or something? Why are you covered in red dirt? What? He gasped as he looked down, trying to pat off his chest. No, 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 no. It was a dream. It had to be. But how? The silence was broken by a scream. Or a howl. Whatever it was, it wasn't human. And he felt all the blood run from his face. Mm -hmm.